G'day, this is Hank David of Aussie Grown Radio and you're listening to today's Words of Encouragement. On this podcast, Australian singer-songwriter Melissa Ferreira and Israeli singer-songwriter Birgitta Vexler will be talking about building God's kingdom through worship. Brigida was in the compulsory army service in Israel and served in the IDF for two years as a lead singer in the army band. She also leads people into worship and desires to see them connect with our Heavenly Father's heart. To learn more about how you can build God's kingdom through worship, stay tuned. This is Melissa Ferreira and today we have Birgitta Vexler with us on today's Words of Encouragement. It's so lovely to have you with us today and we want to warmly welcome you on this episode. Thank you, Melissa. It's such an honor to be part of this podcast and to join you all the way from Jerusalem. It's lovely to have you and so today we actually wanted to talk about building God's kingdom through worship. But before we get deeper into that, I just want to let the listeners know that this is applicable not just to worship leaders i think it relates to all people all believers in in jesus and uh the topic is building god's kingdom through worship i think it's an important topic because as believers in jesus all of us really are called to be worshipers of God, whether we're singer-songwriters or we're in a worship team or we're in uh, the musical part of the worship team, whether that's playing instruments or even if that's not and we're just, you know, we're gathering together um, to worship the Lord in the congregation, we are all worshipers regardless. And so today we want to talk about what it means to build God's kingdom through worship. So, Vegeta, the first question that I want to ask you is what does building the kingdom of God through worship? mean because that can mean so many different things to so many people so break that down a little bit more for us yes it's actually i'm so thankful that you started off with saying that it's applicable for everybody because i think that when we tear down um, and understand the essence of the kingdom of god and understand the essence of worship it's easy to see that it actually has nothing to do with worship theaters um, mm-hmm. or the stage, uh, you know, that we see in, before our eyes when we think of worship, but it has to be with a, it has to do with a lifestyle. Um, as I was kind of going through, you know, what the Bible and the New Testament, the Old Testament, how it, does it refer to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven? Um, we can see that there are a few elements uh, throughout, especially the, the Gospels, the four Gospels, um, that uh, Yeshua, Jesus himself, is talking about the kingdom of God to his disciples and to people around him. And I think that uh, I, I would list a few core elements about it. And when we look at the kingdom of God, it has to do with first and foremost, being born again. In the book of John, there's a long discussion when Jesus is talking about to Nicodemus about um, how do you enter the kingdom of God? And one of the elements and the core elements about entering the kingdom of God is living that new life through our Messiah, through uh, believing in Yeshua and Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And we can see also that uh, another element that's, in my opinion, a core element as well, uh, we can see in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 7, is that we are doing the will of God. Meaning it's it's mm-hmm. a certain alignment or surrendering to the will of God um, and living out that. Um, so when we look at these two elements of being born again and, and surrendering to the will of God, being in the will of God as part of being in the kingdom of God, 
uh, then we can understand a little bit more of what is that kingdom. See, that kingdom is not like the, the disciples thought when uh, Jesus died and he came back resurrected. They thought that the kingdom of God has to do with the physical kingdom. And he's constantly talking about it. Look, the kingdom of God is amongst you because it's something that's within us. It's mm -hmm. something that happens within us now and today. And therefore, building it first and foremost is a relevant thing for today and not for future when Jesus is going to come back. That is so good. And uh, I totally agree with that and how you were talking about really aligning yourself with the will of God, right? Because, I mean, we can't build a kingdom without knowing the will of God. And uh, exactly. we can't actually be part of that kingdom if we don't have the mind of the king, who is the king exactly. of the kingdom. And so I love mm. that element. Well, actually, it's interesting that you're what you're saying. I mean, the Holy Spirit is, I think, leading this conversation. Um, but I was just reading yesterday a text um, that was talking about, uh, you know, Jesus referring to the kingdom being there and the disciples being a little bit confused. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the writer, he, he said, um, well, if, if the king is there, of course the kingdom is there. Mm -hmm. So, and, and this is, you know, in, in connection to what you were saying, if, if the king of the kingdom is around us and he said he's going to be with us and he said, when two or three come together, I'm there with you, um, then the kingdom is here. So the question is, how do we develop and build it? How do we make it more uh kingdom like how do we become more kingdom like um and i believe worship has an, a core element uh, in it um i think that beyond the fact that you know worship in its essence it's a spiritual thing music is a spiritual thing there is an um deep influence in our lives through music i'm not even talking about like believers mm -hmm. uh music or christian worship or whatever i'm just saying generally music has an effect on our lives and uh, um, I believe that it was created by God um, for a purpose. And when we use music to be um, doing what it's supposed to be doing, then it will have the effect that it's supposed to have. And what do I mean by that? See, I, I think that when we look at worship in its core essence, at the end of the day, um, it is all about surrendering. Yeah. Worship is surrendering to God. When we worship something, when we talk about just generally coming, you know, and, and worshiping um, a king or worshiping uh, certain elements of life, you know, that means that we put that first. So worship mm -hmm. in its essence by the core meaning is to put something as first, to set it on a throne, look at it and, and, and just, you know, give your everything to it. Exactly. So yep. when we do that with our lives, and I'm not talking about necessarily coming and, and singing a song. When we when we uh, enter into that lifestyle of worship where we surrender to God, then we're actually entering into a place where His kingdom is. So we're actually, you know, stepping into the kingdom. And from that place, I think that it's a path, it's a development of our lives um, aligning to his will step by step of us becoming less and him becoming more and exactly. becoming yeah. more and more like him becoming more and more like our father uh surrendering you know it's anybody who has walked and i am no one to speak because you know i'm, I'm generally young but anyone who has walked the life their life along god they see that it's not just the first step of oh god you know i surrender to you i love you this is just the beginning 
understanding yeah. that we need God is just the beginning. And then he starts doing the deep cleaning of our flesh and of the effect of sin of our, in our lives. He starts bringing out different things slowly, slowly. We can't, you know, deal with everything um, from the first day because it's a lot of things that need to be rooted out. It's a lot of things that uh, we need to face slowly, slowly. And throughout this path that we're walking, um, if we're actually intentional about surrendering to the will of God, then uh, he will take us to that path where we become more and more like him. Our flesh will be more and more surrendered uh, or actually rooted out from us. And we will become one with God like Jesus is one with him, um, which is his attention at the end of the day um, with this whole salvation plan. <laughs> I love that so much. And I love how you brought all these amazing points up as well. And when we build the kingdom of God, it's, it's totally a lifestyle of progress as well. So I actually feel that when I listen to encouraging music, my whole mood, my whole perspective mm. aligns and then, you know, the problem in front of me shrinks. I think shifting the atmosphere um, is very yeah. important and that's part of building um, a lifestyle of worship as well. Is like, what are you listening to? What are you getting into your heart, into your mind? And uh, mm. where's that taking you as well? Is it building that lifestyle or is it kind of building a different lifestyle <laughs> um, yeah. that we don't really want in our lives? So, for me, like when we worship the Lord, I, there's an audience of one, right? And that's yeah. Jesus. So what would you yes. say to people about that? Well, I think that as a worship leader, and now I'm going to take more the element of the actual worship leading and, and, mm -hmm. and doing the, the, the deed. <laughs> um, our, our goal is to bring people together as one, one spirit um, uh, before the feet of Jesus. The goal is to enter into his courts and come there together with everybody and just bring everybody to his feet so that everyone can come to a place of full surrender, of, um, of complete um, letting go, letting go of everything that they would um, that would distract them, that would, you know, further them away so that God could speak to their hearts directly. And um, I think that there's, I know that there's a lot of, you know, balancing between, you know, making sure everything sounds good. And, you know, there, as a, as a worship leader, as a musician, generally, it's, it's a job. It's a full-time yeah, job to make sure yeah. that things are um, in, in good shape. And I think that one cannot neglect that. I think that if God has given an assignment to um, to do music, you know, at, as the Levites, it was yeah. it was their full time paid job yeah. at the at the at the tabernacle. What they did is there were people who were appointed to be worship leaders and priests and and you know all that. And what they did twenty four seven was that, and they were perfecting the gift that God mm -hmm. gave them so that they could serve Him in the best way. So yes, there's a huge importance to making sure that what we give Him is perfected and is refined and is good. But then when we are at the place of worship, then our eyes need to be set on, as you said, that one person audience. And you know, it, it reminds me really of the story of Moses when the people of Israel got all bitten by snakes. Mm -hmm. And God tells Moses to lift up that one snake uh, like a serpent, uh, I don't know, like a, a statue on a stick and put it in the middle of everybody so that everybody's eyes would be set on that one thing. Mm -hmm. And the moment they looked at it and it took, it took faith, you know, because why would you look at a snake when you're suffering from pain? 
Exactly. Why would you look at something? Like, what's the, what's the point? I'm trying to treat myself right now. And instead of being at a place of inward, you start setting your eyes on something outward that actually has the power to do something, to change something. So that is our goal as worship leaders is to take that stick and lift it up and, and, and have people, um, through worship, through music, just look at that and set their eyes on the one thing that can save them, the one thing that has the power, the one thing that actually can change their lives and, and transform it. Um, and I think there, there's so much beauty and there's so much um, fulfillment and a taste of heaven when we get to that place. There is that sweet spot when you, as a worship leader, come to that place where you sense that there is togetherness and there is unity. Um, and you're actually at the feet of Jesus. Um, I think that is very much what heaven looks like. Yes, I love that. I think when we're doing something for the Lord, you know, in building His kingdom, it's just nice to really be thoughtful um, about how you approach it and really present mm -hmm. it in a way that would be really pleasing before the Lord, right? Yeah. I think He looks at our hearts, that's the most important, but also just, you know, presenting things in the best way, whether that's with the sound or just anything that we present. I mean, yeah. when I think about, um, the little details that God takes into account, like, um, for example, you know, we look at the five loaves, loaves and the two fish, and mm. Jesus took that and he multiplied it, right? Yes. So it's just the little details I think that God can use to um, make something miraculous happen in our lives. If you just look at the, the priests that were serving in the tabernacle, and I'm referring back to it because if we look at the Old Testament as a foreshadowing to the New Testament and, and as a, like a, a fulfillment the new testament is the fulfillment of everything that mm -hmm. happened in the old testament right so everything that is going on there and it can be so tiresome to read into these details <laughs> and to look at everything that's happening there because it's it doesn't make a lot of sense but um if you come to israel and if you uh experience what's going on here and you understand the culture and what the jewish people are holding on to you actually understand the old testament in mm -hmm. the light of new testament it's very interesting but if you look at the details of how the priests breastplates were made okay mm -hmm. it sounds very weird but they, they have these like 12 gemstone yeah. breastplates and they were there is a detail of about two or three chapters in the old testament so the priest who steps into the holy of holies he um has this outfit outfit that is yeah. so detailed uh, and everything has to be in place so when the priest goes into the holy of holies he um has to prepare himself and there is a procedure, I'm telling you, there is a procedure where God mm -hmm. is specifying how many times to wash his hands, how many times to wash his feet, everything. And if, if he walks into the Holy of Holies and he's not ready in his heart, in the preparation of the outside, he can die. You know, they had this like, um, like a bell attached to him yeah. with a mm -hmm. rope. And so if he's walking around them, they can hear the bell, then everything is fine. They know he's alive. But if they stop hearing the, the bell, they start pulling him out because they knew that the high priest who entered probably died. And how little do we prepare ourselves? Like yeah. how little do we come and, you know, actually prepare our hearts before we come before the King of Kings? I think that is so important. Preparation as well in the midst of building, right? I mean, yeah. no one goes out and builds a building without preparing to kind of see what you're going to put where and what you're going to do. So I think that's definitely so important i love that and i love how you spoke about that i think preparation leads to i think success 
I think without preparation, you know, anything, right? I, I think there's an element of also the Bible talks about sowing and reaping. I think in the same way, just sowing preparation, you know, brings God's presence. You know, when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Emphasize for us a little bit about what you think about this statement, unity in the midst of diversity. Well, I think that um, it's uh, really a derivative of everything we've been talking about until now. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we look at worship once again, this the whole purpose of it is to come to an alignment with God's will and to surrender yourself to God and just to set your eyes on Yeshua, on Jesus. Um, and if that is the core purpose of worship, then there is no choice than to be in unity. M- meaning, if this is what God created for us to do, and this is why He created us, so that we would come before Him and worship Him and adore Him, uh, no place for diversity in it. Uh, see, when we worship God, there is no theology and there is no, like, we baptize, we don't baptize, we believe in this. No, we come before God and we're in alignment with God, then there is nothing that could separate us. And I mean, if we're looking at it in another way, when Jesus is talking about um, the unity that is between him and the Father, and, and then asking later on, let may you, the people that you have uh, appointed or that you've given me, may they be in that unity. Um, that, that is what we find in the presence of God. This is the core, um, I would say, it, it's the essence of being with God, is to be in unity. So um, I think that there there is no place for diversity when we actually come into true worship. So I think that it's not just uh, reflecting through worship, it is, it is worship. Worship is not to be in conflict with each other. Worship is not to uh, point out that which makes us different. Worship means that we come as one and otherwise we can't do it. So as you were talking, that's so true because we have to have one mind and one heart. And also let's look at the statement unity in the midst of diversity in a different view, because I know that can be an ambiguous statement. So it can mean different things to different people. But for example, even though we have diverse ideas and diverse viewpoints in processing things, for listeners, how do you think we can really operate in unity while having our diversity and unique personalities that God has given us? How can we not allow that kind of diversity to get in between the main goal of building God's kingdom? When you love someone, and that's what God has called us to do, right? Love. Exactly. He's, he told us two things, love me and love the people around you. So if we apply that and we love the people around us, um, they can have different opinions. They can wear different clothes. They can like different style of music. Mm-hmm. They, can, uh, they can even express certain things in a different way, but there is always a middle ground where we can find the common and the, the things we agree on. And even if there is not, there is still respect. One thing I say is that agree to disagree on the small things. I think, uh, you know, 
everyone's unique in their perspective and mm-hmm. I think that when we approach people like you said if you, we love people you know you want to be able to respect that and uh, mm-hmm. agree to disagree on the small things that are not really major you know anything contradicting the bible well that's a different story but when yeah. it comes to those little things because sometimes the little things actually can kind of spoil the unity I I would think um, if mm-hmm. people are not careful in how they approach that um, so I think united in the midst of that sort of diversity that's very important. No, it's it's true. And I mean, let's look at the core unit uh, that God created, which is family. Yeah. If you, I have two siblings and I would say that the three of us are the weirdest bunch of people that you could create. We're so different and we mostly don't agree on anything, but yet we still come together every Friday evening mm. for a Shabbat dinner and we sit together and we enjoy being with each other and we don't have to be the same. What's the yeah. point of having a, uh, people around you that everybody thinks the same you're not you're never challenged you never grow you always you know you you surround yourself with people who agree with you and then you walk through life with the same opinions and the same. It, it's kind of yeah, boring to be honest and, that's the beauty. Yeah, definitely. Yes, and, it's, and it's the beauty of the kingdom of god and we are family when, exactly. we, when we are part um, of the kingdom, we're a family, we come together and in thick and thin, we're going to march through things in people's weaknesses and people's strengths. Um, it, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, we're together in this. And I think that when we have this family perspective, it's very easy to have it. It's interesting because in Israel, it's a very tribal culture. Okay. So uh, mm-hmm. you always, the family is like the core of everything. So everything is around the family. We meet every week. We have together uh, Shabbat meals. Every holiday has to do with eating and dinners and meals and inviting people over. It's all about a family. So you will know like people by which family do they come from. Yeah. So it's it, it's the understanding of we're not individuals. We're not just, you know, just me and my God. No, we're part of the family. And the moment we are sons and daughters of the king, then we have siblings of the king, you know, exactly. or not the king, but we have siblings. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we need to make sure that we're, um, we're, we're part of actually a family and not just walking this path alone. Cause that's not the intention of God ever. Exactly. I love that. You know, in John, it says that when we believe in Jesus, we become children of God. So mm-hmm. I think having that perspective is so important. And Jesus prayed, right, in John chapter mm-hmm. 17, verse 20 to 21, that we all may be one. I'm just going to um, read it from the um, from um, verse 20. Yeah. It says, uh, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. So I think that, I mean, just reading these verses, I think it's it's amazing to see it. This is a little bit of the mystery of God, the, mm-hmm. the, the Godhead three in one, understanding a little bit more of what it, what it is, the, the relationship with the, between the father and the son. Um, and we see that it's on one hand, you know, you have this, you have Jesus, you have God, but then you have this unity between them. Um, and he is calling us that same unity and that's a huge challenge i think in my opinion because he's calling us you know to be like the, the father and the son 
it, it's it's a unity where where God God's will is so clear to Jesus, and He just walks out His will in every given opportunity. Yeah, and uh, there is this constant synergy and uh, alignment between them. There is no confusion. There is mm-hmm. no. Exactly. There is nothing get that can get between them. And he's calling us to the same place where we. He says, they would be in me. So we need to be in Christ Jesus in order to become one also with God. Yeah, definitely. And and I think that when we enter into worship. And when we come to the place of surrender, this is when the words of Paul become alive. When we become less, and he becomes more, and he, we stop living, and life. He is the life. Yeah. This is this is where we're entering to the point of like true surrender is a, a certain way of dying to ourselves mm. and letting him become the life in us, and letting his will be uh, be alive in us and being the guide. Uh, to our day-to-day life. Exactly. And I love that. Um, one of the examples I love is found in John and how he was talking about how um, he was saying that, you know, the one that comes after me surpasses me because he was mm-hmm. before me. And he just sheds light back to Jesus and him being the source, you know, of yeah. everything. And I think when we recognize that and we can just, you know, plug ourselves into Jesus, we're abiding in him. And then we have unity and then, you know, we're able to know his mind. And as believers, Mm. if we do that, I really think that we will really connect well and be able to, you know, do the will of God and spread the gospel. Um, So when we're building God's kingdom through worship, our platforms of influence belong to him. So how do you think we can keep that perspective? When we surrender to God, then like we said before, we stop being the important element Mm -hmm. it's not about our will it's not about showing ourselves off it's not about it's not about us exactly i mean him establishing his kingdom and being part of that work we stop being and it's a positive thing and i think that today the devil is trying to um, bring this self-awareness and exalting yourself and putting yourself mm-hmm. out there. And this is the opposite of what he's calling us to do. He's calling us to reduce from ourselves and to stop looking at ourselves as some kind of a, um, um, a goal or, or some kind of a, you know, that where we pour everything into because that's not the purpose. He says, when we seek for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, exactly. all these things shall mm-hmm. be given to you. Why? Because there is fullness in God. So whatever we do, uh, we're doing as part of his work. And then it doesn't matter who, who you influence or who you don't influence and, and your Instagram page or your Facebook page and all these things, it's irrelevant because whatever God wants to do through that, he will. And you can not have all these things and you can have all these things, but it doesn't matter. Exactly. See, like even in ministry, if I don't have a relationship with Jesus, what am I offering people? If I'm Mm -hmm. connected to the source, which is Jesus, and I know him, then I know his will. 
Yeah. It's about his kingdom. It's about his glory. Yeah. It's about people drawing unto him. It's about yes. that. And if I have that perspective, the only way I'm going to have that is if I know the king. If I know him, then I can make him known. But if I'm doing all this ministry and it's just focused on the wrong places and the wrong things, then obviously it's not in connection to God's will if I don't know Jesus. So I have to go back to that prayer closet. And I love how you were talking about that, you know, about knowing Jesus. I think that makes us die to the flesh and our own desires and our desires become God's desires for ourselves. And so actually one of the scriptures that come to mind that I really like in the Psalm, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give mm. you the desires of your heart. Sometimes people yes. think, okay, if I delight myself in God, he's going to give me the desires of my what heart. But yes. by delighting yes. God, because I love him so much, his desires yes. become my desires. Yes. And then that yes. becomes Amen. successful. Um, and yes. that builds the kingdom of God. Ministry is not number one for me. Relationship is number one for me. And then mm. out of that relationship flows everything else. And I think yes. that's how we carry God's presence. When we start realizing why we were created, and who we are and what's our purpose then we draw closer to god mm -hmm. so it's 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 not we were not created um you know because you know i i need to establish something and i we need to change the world or make something big no we were created for his glory exactly. we were created to worship him so when we surrender to that whatever he has us doing here on this earth it's temporary and we're going to be doing it with all the strength and power and all his uh support and 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 we will have the ability but the thing is it's not about that it's not about the ministry here on earth the time here on earth is so short it's a preparation for what we're gonna be doing up in heaven so it's it's about time we align our hearts with him it's about time we surrender to his will because we're gonna have to end up doing it in heaven anyhow so let's focus on that let's train ourselves to that and let's start living here as if we were already living up in heaven that is beautiful and that exactly and i love that and i think it's so hard that people sometimes find it challenging because we you know we live this physical perspective and we have a physical vision and can i just look yeah. past what's going on around me at the moment and kind of see um what the spirit is doing you know yeah. um in yeah. the midst of a challenge or in the midst of yeah. something the lord's called me to do how can i see what he sees because i think when we get stuck in what we see we're going down a dangerous part sometimes. Would you pray for us and those listening? Yes, we're joy. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that we can come before you and that you hear us and you're close to our hearts. Father, I ask you that today you would reveal yourself, that you would re reveal your character, that you would reveal your heart to each and every person listening to this podcast today. Father, I ask you that you would draw us closer to you. You said that those who draw near you, you will draw near them. So we ask you that you would come closer to our hearts, that you would show us, um, first and foremost, that we need you and that you would show us and reveal your will to us, Father, that we may know how to walk this path close to you, that we would walk in your footsteps every single day, Father. I ask you, Heavenly Father, that you would teach us 
how to enter into that presence, that you would teach us how to come close and speak to you and, Father, worship you in spirit and in truth, that we may draw near, Father, to what you have intended and you have planned for our lives, Lord. I ask you that we would find those people that we need around us, that we would have a sense of building together the kingdom of God, laying those foundational stones in our lives, Father. I ask you that you surround each and every person that is listening to this right now with the right people around them that would be one in heart, Father, and one in spirit. And Father, I ask you that you would be glorified in everything that we do and that you would remove in, from our hearts anything that doesn't honor or glorify you, Heavenly Father, that you would help us to see that, that you would expose with your light the intentions of our heart, that we may be purified and cleansed and refined every single day until the day that we meet you. Heavenly Father, we love you, we adore you, and we just want to be closer to your heart. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Begita. It was so lovely to have you with us today. Thank you, Melissa. It's such a joy to keep talking to you. I wish we could go on forever. <laughs> Thank you so much. If you were encouraged by this episode of today's Words of Encouragement, make sure to like and subscribe to hear more from Melissa Ferreira. God bless you. And always remember, you are treasured and deeply loved by God.